This episode is brought to you by the generosity of our listeners. Are you bivocational? Armin and I are going to talk about that in today's episode. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bold Idea Podcast. This is your co-host, Larry Gates. Along with Armin Asadi. And we're so glad you're joining us for another episode to put your faith to work and your bold idea to life. Now, Armin and I are taking a break from interviewing guests because we want to kind of dig inside and interview each other on a topic that is uh, as of mutual interest to us. We both have had kind of a shared experience of being bivocational. And by that, we mean we love both working in ministry and we love both working in business. And uh, sometimes I might refer to that as having a split professionality, which is <laughs> it sounds like a mental disorder, psychological <laughs> term. It's probably a peer in the, in the annals of some, um, you know, <laughs> mental health care directive. That's right. Where there we might be on. get an insurance code and I can get some reimbursement for it. Oh man, we definitely need some professional help, but <laughs> what we do. <laughs> well, there are times when, you know, when you love both. Now, let, let me be clear. I think we're all full-time ministry here, but when you look at your vocational pursuits and you say, you know, I can equally do work in the ministry world, the full-time kind of Christian ministry world, or I can equally do work in the business world. And when you know that you can go either way and you know that you don't want to give up either, in other words, you want to keep doing both, then perhaps you are bivocational and that's, uh, and maybe you have a split professionality. It does actually feel like a little bit of a mental condition because you can get torn, right? <laughs> All the and, time you get pulled back and forth. Yeah. You don't know which way to go. <laughs> right. So, so one of the, some of the challenges that you've experienced in that, uh, Armin, is you've wrestled through that for yourself. I just, I, I'm always unsettled, right? So it's this, uh, if I, if I do full-time ministry, I feel like, uh, I'm missing something in the business world. Uh, if I'm doing full-time business, I feel unfulfilled because I'm not doing this thing that my heart just longs and desires for on the ministry side, right? So that, but it's fulfillment and satisfaction. And, and yeah, I know there's, they, oh, there's always a FOMO on both, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's, I, I, I constantly go back and forth. I'm satisfied doing business because it challenges me in ways that I, I, I can't even be begin to break down. It brings me into relationships that I, I wholeheartedly desire to be around. It brings me in front of people that are so far ahead of me. They just make me feel like idiots, but they call me higher, you know, and all these different things. And then there's the the ministry side. It's where, where I get that fulfillment factor, that wholehearted, deep-rooted spiritual fulfillment factor, you know, and you miss that and you can't necessarily always get it from business. Yes, you can, but not on the same level, you know. So no matter which one I put all my attention into, there's always something missing. And so the only way that I can go through life without feeling like I'm missing something is I have to do both. Yeah, I ha it, It's not I want to. <laughs> Let me be clear. I have to do both or I am unsettled. Yeah. You know, and one of the challenges you have, and I can certainly relate to everything you're saying, I'm not exactly sure I would say it quite the same way in terms of have to, because I actually want to, and maybe that drives down to a have to. 
you yeah. know, I don't know, you know, but, but, but there's also this, this sense that there's something wrong, there's, that, that I ought to be old enough now that I could pick a lane yeah. and, and I should be satisfied with the lane, right. you know. Now, this harkens way back to uh, when I was first entering the work world. In fact, just graduating from college, I sought the advice of a pastor very godly man that that was a mentor to me, and I I sought his counsel on whether I should go into full time ministry by going to seminary. Hmm. And he said to me, Larry, let me just be perfectly clear on this: if you can do anything else, you should do that instead. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's, I, that's not necessarily a ringing endorsement for ministry. Right. And I didn't think to ask him whether he was having a bad day. You know. <laughs> Would that advice change if I come sure. back after a while? But, I doubt it. <laughs> but but I think he was hitting on a point long ago because you know that I'm that I'm aged by now. But long ago, <laughs> this was before marketplace ministry became a thing. Right. And his point was, and his follow up, which is why I didn't ask him if he was just having a bad day in the ministry. But but his point was that God will make it clear if He wants you in the mission field that He wants you to be in, mm-hmm. and if He's given you skill set to uh, be in the business world, then it's likely that's your ministry place, Mm. right? And yet there's also expression of that, and at least as far as I'm concerned, expression of that in other, you know, church settings as well. So how I've kind of come to organize that in my own thinking is to say, the gift I have from God is apostleship. Mm. An apostle is one who goes around not in one organization or one church, but to strengthen them all. And so- I have this apostolic um, gifting that has me not settled in one location, one church, or one business, but that's why I have several businesses and several ministries right. that, that I'm engaged in. So I kind of treat it as an apostolic portfolio. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though, because as you have experienced, you get very emotionally ang- anxious as to whether you know, you're know you just being schizophrenic and unfocused <laughs> and all the rest. Yeah. And um, I, if that's you, if you're feeling that way, and if, if you're identifying with what Armin and I are talking about, I want to just let you know you're not alone. You know, because there are a lot of split professionality people out there. Absolutely, I have talked to quite a number. I've given talks on this and how to work through this, and I have been amazed at the number of people that have come out and said, "You know what? I'm I'm of the same mind. Mm-hmm. I do not want to give up working in." A, a very Christian audience's Christian mission, but at the same time working in business where there's marketplace and and a lot of them say for the same reasons you you love the intellectual challenge and right. the stimulation that comes from you know nurturing all of those parts of you. Hundred percent, yeah. I mean, it's 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 an entirely different kind of challenge. I'm here to say, and maybe it's just personal self rationalization. I'm prepared to admit that. But I'm here to say it's okay. I think embrace the way God's wired you. And if he's wired you to be that way, then go to it in its full. Don't be shy about it. I mean, embrace it and and say you're going to be the very best steward in all all the spheres where God allows you to have interest. Now, when I say bivocational, I'm talking about ministry plus something else. And I say business, but it could be government. It could be, you know, one of the other pillars of of uh, influence in society, media, yeah. entertainment, whatever. But the whole notion here that we're trying to capture is that you may be one of those people like Armin and I, where you have multiple interests and, and those interests do not need to be incompatible. Although internally, it can feel that way. 
Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily have to mean that you have to. You know, there's something wrong with you, and that you have to pick one lane or the other. It could be that God has has intended to design you to work your influence in in multiple spheres. So let, uh, let's go down the possibility of what different bivocations can look like. So let me throw out some examples. You can tell me if this would be a bivocation or not. Someone who is a pastor but authors a book. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's that's hard to say because you don't know what the book is and you don't know what the. What um, if it's related to church? What yeah. if it's? Is, no, is I would that say that that's it? probably an expression of what they're currently involved in. So not by vocation, then. I, I wouldn't say writing. So, so I, let's. I would. I would kind of come back and say, you know, take apart the word. By vocational means two callings, right? Because a vocation isn't an occupation; it's a right. calling. Okay, and uh, and so if if they're expressing themselves as an author in their calling, which is in the church community doing pastoral work, that'd be one thing. If they're writing a book on statistics and statistical analytics for you know whatever sure. has no application in that, then it could be. And and they really love statistics, and that's something that they really get into. They could be bivocational. Okay, let's use a different example: Hollywood actor, philanthropist. By vocation? I don't think those two things exist, do they? Oh, yeah, they do. That's <laughs> <laughs> how they feel good about themselves. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know uh, how, I don't, you know, I don't know how to describe that one. Um, so, you know, let's just say they, you know, they have a foundation that does cancer awareness and cancer funding. Sure. Does that make it a bivocation? Because um, they act full time, but that's what they do on the side as... Yeah, could could very well be. Okay. What other examples can you think of that helps people understand the difference between bivocation and expressing? Well, I think the one example that I'd like to give is more the anti-example. Okay. All right. And that is... And oftentimes you hear about this with respect to pastors of small churches who mm-hmm. are taking on a job in order to fulfill their ministry. Oh, absolutely. All right. They can't do it otherwise. Correct. And now that to me, I don't describe necessarily as bivocational. Hmm. All right. I describe that as maybe they're doing tent making in order to support the thing that they really love. But if it came down to it, they wouldn't do their job because they love their job. They do their job, their occupation, only to provide a means for them to do ministry. So you're not bivocational if you do if you have a different vocation if you don't love it. Well, what I'm saying is if you don't the, the whole point of vocation being the calling into it. Okay. So it's this place that you won't give up to do work in because that's what you mm-hmm. enjoy doing. Gotcha. And, and, you know, that's not to say there's anything wrong with that. You should, you know, if your calling is to serve the church. And the means by which you make that calling happen yeah. is by getting a job to do that and help support that. That's all good. That's There's nothing wrong with that. But it isn't the angst that I'm describing here when I use the word split professionality or bivocational sure. because it's not like you're pursuing two things that seem that seemingly are unrelated and don't tie together hmm. as well. Okay. And that's the piece that makes it a dual calling. Okay. So seizing on that word and it's, and it's real meaning. Okay. You can have multiple occupations and still be singularly vocational. Mm, I get it. All right. All right. So then let's go to the next thing. How does someone ask themselves the question if they are made to be bivocational or not? Yeah. So some indicators that, you know, Armin and I have talked about with respect to whether you're bivocational or not is, you know, first of all, do you, do you possess a business or trade acumen? You know, if you're in, if you're in ministry and you know, you love ministry, but maybe, you know, you also really just love business. If you have a, an acumen, then like my pastor uh, mentor said, you know, maybe there's a reason you have that acumen. Maybe there's a reason you've been gifted with that skill is that God would like you to apply it and to work it. 
And oftentimes the only way you really know is when you step out to give that a try. And that's that stepping out is uh it is that's a hard thing yep because you're taking a step into something that looks like a big drop (laughs) yep yep and so that's usually the first thing to look for is is you know do you have some kind of acumen that you've developed maybe some interest area that has been honed in your life that you like you know what i could really get into this i could really enjoy this How, how do you know if you have say ministry acumen or business acumen or whatever acumen is there is there a process that other than me being like, you know, I think I'm really good at this? Well, I think when people tell you, oftentimes we don't see it in ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. somebody oftentimes has to point that out to us. It's like, oh, you know, that was really helpful. What is it that you found helpful about that? You know, because we might scratch our heads thinking this is just common sense. But for yeah. what's common sense for you, if you're skilled in it or gifted yeah. in it too, is is maybe not common sense for other people who don't have that ability so to do things. Yeah. And, uh, and we can't see oftentimes what it is that we're really truly gifted by mm. because we're just used to it. It's just part of- It's uh, like breathing. You know, it's like breathing yeah. for us. You don't think, man, I'm really good at breathing. And, and other people <laughs> labor at it, you know? And they're like, wow, that guy's a really good breather. <laughs> <laughs> and the metaphor breaks down. <laughs> what, what would be one for you in terms of a sign that uh, somebody might be bivocational? You know, uh, I, if for for me, it, it's just simply that what, what I was talking about is that you have that constant pull, you know, mm-hmm. like there's that, there's that constant feeling and I, I don't want to call it discontent. Uh, you're not discontent, but uh, for me, it's this feeling of I, I, I it, 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 I'm too comfortable I, I, it feels like I'm conforming. I don't know. Like, do you remember when I didn't have the ministry not too long ago mm-hmm. and you would call and ask how I'm doing? What was the mm-hmm. number one thing I would tell you? I would say, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. I'm bored. Yep. I'm bo- I, and I was. I was constantly bored. Mm-hmm. Business progress is just... When, when that f- ministry fulfillment side is missing, I'm just... I, like I start getting bored. Or when I, all I do is ministry, I'm, I still end up being bored because I don't have the challenge of business. So for me, it's that... I, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know what well, word to use. What's that level of fulfillment? I mean, do, yeah. you, do you feel fulfilled and challenged and like you're making a contribution that is important? And, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's right now, and when people ask me, how are you doing? They think I'm just feeding them a line because I'm like, man, I am fantastic right now because mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly feel, for, I, I, I get to do ministry in the military world and reach soldiers for Christ. And I have an awesome business. We're acquiring a company, spending time with my family. I mean, it's just, it's just this holistically amazing time in my life, but it's just because I have such a decent balance between all these different things that makes me have that fulfillment factor. But if I was just doing one or the other, I would be bored and bored is the number one thing I That's your signal. That's yeah. when that when that dashboard light goes off for you, you know that you need to be looking at why that might be. Yeah. yeah. So it's like if if you dabble in it and you get that satisfaction or fulfillment factor or if you don't do it you always have that feeling of boredom. I think for me that's a sign that you probably have a sp- Lit professionality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it still sounds like a mental disorder every time I say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. about you? What else you got? Well, I think uh, one indicator for me is where do you find yourself 
drawn to in terms of the people that you want to connect with. Right. You know, so if in any sphere, you're going to largely be working with people, you know, unless maybe you're doing solo exploration somewhere, you know, whatever, but you're largely going to be connecting with people. Mm. And if your heart is drawn to those people, that I think is a pretty good sign that, you know, you're there for a reason. Mm. And I think God puts that calling into us to serve in the sphere of people that he desires that we work with and gives us the skill sets and the interests and that allow us to connect and build relationships and to build bridges because that's his objective for us mm. as Christians is to build bridges, uh, you know, and, and to disciple everywhere in, in every squ- uh, corner and sphere. And so mm. it, I think there's reasons he gives us that. And and oftentimes that that involves, you know, those in a church setting and also those in a business or other other vocational setting. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. Well, I mean, let's take a moment and give thanks where thanks are due. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody that's out there supporting this podcast so that it can exist Thank you, because it would not exist without you. Oh, that is so true, because this is a nonprofit endeavor. We don't make any income from it. Very nonprofit. <laughs> In fact, we we uh, provide support to it. So we're so appreciative of your joining with us through your tax-deductible contribution to make this show possible. And if you do want to support and keep this bad boy going, then just go to boldideapodcast.com forward slash donate. So in in terms, because you deal with a lot of people like me, like yourself, the split professionality. Uh, They were like moths to a flame. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, hey, you have the same issue. Let's let's go there. (laughs) What what is the most common questions you feel like they ask you in terms of, you know, the whole split professionality dynamic? Well, I think the the key question I get most often, and probably the one that I've wrestled with the most, is which do I choose? Mm, And it took me a long time to recognize that's that's not the right question. Mm. You know, oftentimes I think in our lives we pursue answers to questions without asking whether the question is the right one to answer. Mm. You know, and so we waste a lot of energy. Yeah. And it really took a lot for me to, to say, okay, what would it mean in my life, instead of thinking which is the one I should choose, to instead say, what would it mean in my life to best affirm and steward the resources and gifting that God's given me right now? Mm. And you know, one of the tests for me in any choice that I've made in my life as to whether it's a God-affirming choice or not is to know what it does to my heart when I pursue it. When I find myself going after something and I find that my connection with God is decreasing, then I know ipso facto that Mm. that's not glorifying God because that's not in keeping with who he would want me to be. And so I have to judge, is, is it the thing that I'm pursuing that's causing me to turn from him or is it a discipline that I'm missing in my life that's causing me to do that and discern that? Mm. You know, because I think that there's times when we might pursue things that are not really our design and they, they take up, uh, you know, we might be pursuing them out of fear, you know, maybe, you know, we take on a job that we think, okay, I mean, I've done this a ton. I've taken on clients and done work for them, 
not really thinking they were a good fit. In fact, right. you know, it's kind of, if you, if you put it in the calling language, it's like, I wasn't really called to them, yeah. but I felt like I needed to because we needed the income. Oh, sure. You know, and then it's like, okay, it's clear why this isn't the case. And I didn't trust God enough to say, you know, that, that may not be the best thing for me to do. Mm. Uh, but instead to, to look at where, where he would have me be. I'm challenged here a little bit, Armin, because the dark side of this would have us pursue everything that's just self-fulfillment and egotistical. Sure. And there are times in our lives when we have to do things that we don't want to do. Yeah. So I'm not trying to argue that side of it. Yeah. But I think oftentimes, to answer your question, the key is, is that we get chasing questions that aren't the right questions to chase mm. in our life. Ooh. And I found myself doing that yeah. and trying to say, which do I choose as, a, as opposed to saying, what's the best expression of my use of time as it exists today? Mm. I, I uh, One of my mentors shared a story with me where he kept asking the same question over and over and his mentor refused to answer it. And uh, he always said, take it to God, take it to God. And so he would go and take it to God and take it to God and ask the same question of to God. And he would never get an answer from God. And so he would go back to his mentor and say, why can't I get an answer to this question? I can't get it from you. I can't get it from God. So what's happening here? His response is, take it to God. This time, don't ask him a question. Mm. right? And uh, he came back the next day and said, I figured it out. And his mentor asked him, okay, so what, what did God reveal to you? He said, I've just been asking the wrong question. And so no matter what the answer was to that question, it was irrelevant. Yeah. And until I had the right question, there was no answer for me. And uh, he said, I realize I don't live in a black and white world and there's a lot of different colors and it's filled with rainbows and flowers and the options are unlimited. And, uh, you know, maybe there's a different option for me in this world. You know, that's that's so wise because I do think that we do live in a world that wants to brush everything black and white, wants right. to push everything through a three-step or a seven-step formula for success and to be able to gauge the output of that. And so the question oftentimes comes down to, Who's designing this? Mm-hmm. Am I designing it, or is God designing this? Yeah, are you the canvas? Are you the canvas or the painter? Yeah, yeah, right. And the anxiety about making the right decision comes when you know you think you're the painter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and so sometimes just getting to the right question is the right one, and and and, and coming at it from an attitude of yieldedness. Yeah, I mean that's uh, something you even talk about, and from the uh, world of consulting these mega companies that you've consulted, uh, one of the first things you said was, you know, 80% of good consulting is asking the right questions, not having the right answers. Yeah. And then, and, and oftentimes because we don't ask the right questions. Yeah. And, you know, think about this. I was thinking about this the other day that, you know, by definition almost, or by design, a question provokes attention. Mm. When you ask a question, like if I, if I said to you, Armin, what time is it? You want to answer that question. I right? wanted it, to look at my watch. <laughs> yeah, 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 it, so it provokes this desire for an answer. Mm-hmm. And so this is why the right questions are so important because it provokes us to want to close the loop and answer to provide an answer to the question. And so when we get the question, what do I choose or which what should I be doing with my life? These are provoking questions that create this 
anxiety and tension and get, bring it back to, you know, like you said, are you the painter or are you the portrait? You know, which, yeah. which are you choosing to be? Yeah. You know, because if you're, if you think that you have the full design of your life and you want to take that responsibility on, then you have a lot of those questions you have to answer. And you have a lot of anxiety mm -hmm. and a lot of tension mm -hmm. that is going to go with that. Yeah. And if you're a nervous wreck because of it, as a lot of people are that I would say have split professionality because that's still something that hangs in the balance. Yeah. The biggest issue is if you think you're bivocational by the indicators we've just said, then relax, mm. become the painting, not the painter. Yeah. And that's going to be the biggest thing that you can do in your life is to just recognize, hey, you're, you've been given an apostolic gift. That mm. means you have multiple callings. And that means that expression and when you go and where you go is going to change over time. Yeah. And it's not a uh, it's not a linear approach. It's not a one thing. It's a multiple thing. And yeah. it's a horizontal mastery, not a vertical mastery. We talked about that, I think, in one of our Reinventure Me episodes. Absolutely, we did, yeah. Yeah. And so when you look at yourself having this horizontal kind of approach to life where you got access to a range of people and a lot of ideas, and especially when you can see how to cross-fertilize them, mm. now you're really doing some valuable work that a lot of people can't do. Mm. And the biggest challenge for anybody that is a bivocational leader or has a split professionality like we like to joke about is maintaining good, healthy view of themselves. Mm. And if you don't, you're going to fall apart under the weight of the tension of the questions that don't make sense for your life. Mm. Yeah, you feel like you have to do something or be something to have the right answer, even though the question doesn't actually even apply to you. Well, and then you get the you know, not just the internal questions, but you get reminded of it. Mm -hmm. uh, because like uh, the question I get is people saying, what do you do? Hmm. But they don't say it that way. They say, what do you do? Ah, <laughs> uh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> you see, you could, ask the, you could ask the same question. You'd mean something entirely different by it. What do you do? I'm like, I'm really, I'm really perplexed by what do you do? And, uh, and if you're not settled internally with that, yeah. that sounds like an indictment. Mm. If you come from a shame background, it sounds like you're something wrong with you. Yeah. And one of the better things that you can do is just settle yourself on what question is something that's okay to ask. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the right question? Yeah. And uh, be willing to say, you know what, that's that's just not a question that even makes sense like you were talking about earlier. You know what's funny about you saying that of the what do you do? Mm -hmm. I used to get so irritated by people asking that mm -hmm. because they would ask it in such a condescending yeah, of way. Of course. And I would just, ah. Uh, At I, least it felt that way, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and frankly, I just wanted to destroy them. You know, I just want to be like, oh, you want to play this game? You know, and, and I, I'm just being honest. That's that, uh -huh, my, my initial response was, I, I want to destroy you right now and uh -huh. make you feel like a piece of crap. Uh -huh. Because I know that's what you're trying to do right now, even though you don't, you might not be fully aware of it, right? Yeah. And then I realized at some point, and I think it was because, uh, you know, you know how often you hear God's voice through your wife, uh, where my wife, you know, asked the question and goes, do you do these things because you want other people to have clarity or do you do them because you know, this is what you want to do? Mm. And, uh, when I had to process that, I realized it was irritating me because I couldn't make it clear for other people as if other people understanding actually meant something to me when it really didn't. Bingo. 
And I think that's a thing that's so important for us is that we think that having other people's ability to describe who we are in a way that's meaningful and meaningful to me is more important than me doing the very thing that God's called me to do, even if nobody else understands it. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and, and some of us are gonna have to build an ark even when it looks stupid to be building this thing when there's no sight of rain. In the middle of a desert. In the yeah. middle of a desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Absolutely. and we're like, what are you doing? You know, how dumb is that? And you're just, this is what God's given you to do and you do it. Go build that ark. Mm. You know, don't yeah. let their question, what do you do? Yeah. Pull you off your game. Absolutely. I heard it best from Heidi Baker who is this amazing Christian woman, leader, mother of many children. Absolutely. I heard it best from Heidi Baker, who is this amazing Christian woman, leader, mother of many children, longest and scariest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're at a conference and uh, long story short, she said this, I feel like there's a lot of people out here asking God, do I do this or do I do that? And, and it was a season I was asking that exact question. Mm-hmm. And I was there with some other people who were asking that exact same question. And uh, she said, listen, you keep asking that question and both things keep coming to mind. There's a reason because what God is trying to tell you in the most subtle way is that it's not an either or world you live in. It's a both and more world yeah. that you live in. Yeah, it's good. And if you understood that or you could embrace that, then you could embrace what God is calling you to because you're capable of more than you think you're capable of when you're in God's divine will. Ah, that's so good. And we're going to leave it there because uh, you listener to the Bold Idea podcast are more capable than you know that you are. And uh, we hope that this episode has given you some encouragement along those lines to put your faith to work and to bring your bold idea to life. If you are bivocational, love, love, love to have you stop at our show notes and just say, raise your hand and say, I'm a bivocational person and here's how I found out or here's what it, what it took for me to discover that. We'd love to hear your comments at boldideapodcast.com slash 88. And if if you have a friend who you think might be bivocational, might have the disease of split professionality, then uh, share this episode with them. We'd love to get their input as well. So until next time, this is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. Saying go long, go long, go, go deep. Hail <laughs> <Man>, Mary. <laughs> hey, well, Super Bowl's coming up. So put your faith to work and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com.